All right, gang. So looks like we are back at you here for, uh, I believe today we're going to do a way too soon recap of the CrossFit Open 2021. And by way too soon, we might be the first people on the on the podcast sphere to, you know, give their their thoughts and breakdown of what happened over the last couple weeks, even though I guess some people probably still are done. That's true, but we are beating everyone to the punch. So that's <laughs> Just, all that matters. Listen, if you get there first, does it really matter it if you're right or wrong? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. As long as you get to tell your opinion first, then it makes it the current most important opinion. We are winners. We won. We are. Winning. We won 2021. <laughs> we won 2021. We're off to a off to a great start, even though it's not even April yet. All right, guys. Um, so welcome back to what are we calling this thing? Zero zero three episode zero zero three. Um, we've we've at least settled in on a name for the podcast for the first couple weeks. Uh, I believe this inside the coach's brain. Correct. Correct. It's not just cobwebs and echoes, but. Maybe a work in progress, though. Mainly Subject cobwebs. to change. Subject to change. If you guys have a great name you also would like to hear us call this thing, throw it in the comments. We I think it sounds pretty good. I like uh, it. Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it. Yeah. All right. So um, Justin here with you. Um, coming back. And Kent. And Kent. Um, we're going to talk CrossFit Open 2021. All right. Um, I'm going to let Kent take it away. 2021. 2021. 21.1. 21.1. It's so confusing. It, it really is. So first open workout, 21.1, double unders, wall walks, new movement. Not so bad. I think it went a little bit better than I thought it would. Uh, definitely a uh, body weight specialist style workout. If you're a heavy individual, it's going to be a lot tougher for you. I think most people got tripped up with the double unders. I think they kind of assumed the double unders were going to be a piece of cake for the workout, but once you got into it and you blew your shoulders up, oh, wow, it's a little uh, trickier than I thought. I can't string together, you know, sets of 50 or sets of 75. So going into it, you know, that was my goal, and obviously that didn't happen. I was doing sets of maybe 30, 40, 50 in the larger set, I think, of one the 150. Is that correct? The set of 150? 150, yep. That's before the 21 wall walks. But overall, I was pretty happy with my effort. Um, how about you? How'd you feel? So I thought the double unders were a piece of cake. Um, quite frankly, that was a, that was a rest. Uh, I thought those were easy. In fairness, Kent got farther than I did in the workout. So he did 40, 50 more double unders than I did. So you were just going too slow. So I might have been going too slow. Um, I, you know, for me personally, it's a tough workout with the wall walks. I have some... Wrist issues? I have some wrist issues. I have some, you know, I just, it's, I don't like it. So, you know. The, the club wrist that we referenced in episode 001, yeah. go back and hear that if you didn't. Hear, hear back about the club wrist. Um, but yeah, it, it, other than that, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't a huge heart rate workout. It was more of a kind of a muscle failure. For style, sure, for sure. Absolutely. Style workout. And I think the people that did well in that workout, I mean, obviously you had to have the double under skill. If you weren't, if you're not proficient in double unders, that was going to eat you alive. Um, but past that, it really rewarded the people who have good overhead mobility and for sure, you know, good body control in space. If you got good pressing power, good, good lockout ability, you're able to kind of shimmy up that wall pretty well and hold your balance points. If you're kind of loosey goosey in the core and you can't overhead stabilize very well, it probably didn't go very well for you. Right. And it really seemed like if you were able to take bigger kind of steps with your hands 
it was way more efficient than taking those little small little, you know, the step, step, step back to the wall where you're just chewing up, you know, time under tension and, you know, over, overarching your back, stuff like that. So by taking those bigger steps, get to the wall quicker and then get back to your line seemed to pay off pretty well for those that were able to do that. Definitely. Um, coaching point on that, guys, if, you, if you're never sure, like, hey, do I stack my my joints well overhead? Am I in a good position? Next time we do like an overhead dumbbell lunge or you do an overhead uh, press with a dumbbell, look and see where that dumbbell is or have a coach tell you, is it off to the side? Or are you out wide of your shoulders? Or are you basically holding that directly above your shoulders, maybe even overhead, right? right. Are you able to, are you even able to get into that position in a good lockout where that's easy? It might, you might not. Yeah. Keep it like right in line with your ear hole, you know, just straight overhead, center of gravity, close to the ear as possible. That's normally what I tell people. Like you said, like once you're getting out further away from that point, arm getting extended, maybe over your shoulder, even outside your shoulder, then you're really throwing off your center of gravity. I agree. Um, but yeah, so that workout, you know, we kind of, we watched that one play out. You saw nationally or internationally, I guess, how that workout went. And you know, that one's going to reward the, the short, fast people. Um, was not a big man's workout. That being said, there were a few that did pretty well. Fikowski did really well. Yeah, are we calling him a big man? I mean, he's like 6'2". Is he's, he? In CrossFit terms, is he he's like, a big guy. Is he like 6'2", like Mark's 5'11 on his driver's license? No, he's legit like 6'2", like 2-something. Like, he's a he's a bigger CrossFitter, for There's sure. There's no way he's for 200 sure. pounds. There's got to be. I'm going to Google this. We need a fact checker in here. I, I'm, I'm telling I'm you, saying though. he's 5'10", you know, buck 85. No way. But he's a giant. I mean, he is in the CrossFit space. He is a giant. If you stand him next to Matt <laughs> Frazier, who's about five, four and a half. For sure. You know, and 185 pounds. Yeah, he looks like a monster. I don't even know how to find. Turns out there's not a huge database for <laughs> looking up height and weight. <laughs> these, for... these guys aren't on Wikipedia like all the other. Uh, <laughs> Google, Google famous, doesn't, uh, return a, doesn't return a fast search. All right. Either way. You know, your high-end guys, your high-end ladies that are, you know, a little on the larger side, larger athlete side. And guys, 6'2", 217 pounds. Until I see him show up at the combine and we get accurate measurements. Okay. Measurements. Fair. You know, okay. That's I mean, fine. That's his media guide. You know, there's no telling what his media guide says. That's his CrossFit bio. Drew Brees. I think I Drew Brees do. was six one in the media guide at Purdue. And that's definitely a lie. Yeah. That guy's 5'11". He's all day. All day long, 5'11". For going in the Hall of Fame at 5'11". Mm-hmm. You know, they're not acting... Re- Which is re- impressive. They won't have to redo any door frames for him. Very impressive. But, you know, he also won't have that wear and tear on his body when he's 60. No. Cool. So, that being said, again, smaller guy, smaller female workout, you know, gymnastic style burner. Then we got into 21.2. And if this is your first open, it was probably your first introduction to Dave Castro. Dave Castro is, well, he's special. He's special. He's, he's special. He's an individual. He's a love him or hate him kind of guy, and most people just they just hate him. He's, he's think, easy to hate. I think he loves for people to hate them, though. Like yeah. he, I think he pours it on, you know? I think he enjoys the the the, the loathing that people have of him. The he more, does. The he more, really does. The more upset he makes you, the happier he feels. I mean, he references himself as the Dave Castro. I mean, that says a lot. He does. Right there. Like he, and, he, in the, in, and he has a hat. And he has a hat that says it in t-shirts yeah. and he's kind of, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, he plays the role of the villain. He does, he does for sure. He does and he enjoys it and that's okay, I guess. So in his villain role, and if you're not familiar, Dave Castro is the head of the CrossFit Games, not cro- head of CrossFit. He was for like five seconds. Um, then they 
We're like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> back the train back out of the station. He this was is the CEO for like an hour. <laughs> this isn't going to work. And everybody's like, well, what about Dave? And everybody's like, Dave who? <laughs> I wonder if he got a prorated salary for that hour. He was CEO. Yeah. He can put it on his B. I don't even think, I don't think the business cards came in yet. <laughs> no. Vista prints like a, you know, two day turnaround. <laughs> he probably got it, you know, the sign on the door. Maybe that he made out of cardboard at his house during COVID. Well, so, that's true. Shut down. Yeah. Maybe his family called him CEO for a day. Um, but anyway, he's the head of the CrossFit Games, and he's assumingly with a team of people, or maybe it's just himself in the bathroom, and he draws these things up on paper and sends them out for the world to do. I'm not sure anybody's really sure his process. Bosman, I think Bosman's kind of has some input with him, right? And he has a yeah. demo team. He has people demo him. Yeah, he wrote a book about it, and I'm not sure there was anything in the book. He did? Yeah, it was like, I didn't know that. It was like the Dave Castro programs CrossFit Games. Interesting. Yeah, and I think it basically talked about his process. And okay. I did read a couple reviews of the book, which is essentially reading the book. Right. I've been told by my scholarly friends that okay. you don't actually have to read books. You just read the reviews of the books, and it basically gives you all the pertinent knowledge of the book. Yes. Facts. So was he just flaunting his own success? Or yeah, he was kind of like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm flaunting what's going on here, and I'm happy about it, and... Yeah. I, I'm I, always right, no matter what. Yeah, I can't be wrong kind of thing. And, you know, I thought we, I was wrong, but I was mistaken. If we programmed it, it was obviously the most elegant choice of fitness workout. And they like to use the word modality. Modality yes. that we could put together that tested all energy systems across all domains. Beautiful test of fitness. Yeah, beautiful test. And they use these words like this, <laughs> and you're like, bro, it's burpees. <laughs> yeah. You're exercising. Yeah. <laughs> admittedly they're doing it fast, but it's exercising. Right. So anyway, director of CrossFit games, he comes up with all these workouts. So when he sat down and he wrote out the CrossFit open and the tests that he was going to put forth in this three workouts, which ended up being, I guess, technically four workouts, 21.2, he decided let's do a repeat. Cool part about repeats is they are a repeat. You've done them before. Um, if you did the CrossFit open in 2017, which Ken and I both did, then we were very familiar with 21.2. Mm-hmm. Ken, what was your memories of 21.2? I remember that being the open where it was, I think, all dumbbells. Every single workout was primarily dumbbells. And this was the first workout, actually, of 2017. Is that right? Is that correct? It it was 17.1. Yes, we opened with... Okay. It was like the year of the dumbbell. Yeah. Which normally, when we repeated a workout, so we did 21.2, normally if we had repeated a workout from 2017, it would have been 17.2. You know, that was normally that the procedure or whatever, but he kind of threw in a curveball there. I have fond memories of this workout because, for one, it blew up my back. Oh, my gosh. Um, I remember it was basically the same time of year as now, so, like, my allergies were out of control. It was not a good day. I wanted to do the workout on Friday. You wouldn't let me. I had to come <laughs> do it Saturday morning. I was just not into it, and that dumbbell just beat me down. And it pretty much did the same thing this year, too. But at least this year, I did finish. So the, at least a bit of a saving grace this year. So, uh, you know, kind of. So would you say in 2021, you were fitter than you were in 2017? I don't truly know that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, or I just knew how to attack the workout better. That, definitely. I think being more comfortable doing the dumbbell movements. Okay. Because the whole transition of the dumbbell, I'm pretty sure 2017, I was setting it down on the ground then switching hands, back up, down, switch hands, versus this year transitioning overhead all the way down, I think makes a huge difference. 
um, cycling the dumbbells. And then obviously I think I went with a better pace on the burpee box jump overs, which have always been a pretty big weakness of mine. That's definitely one of my least favorite CrossFit movements because for some reason it just really jacks up my heart rate. And it, I mean, it still did the same thing this year, but I was able to pace it out a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely on those burpee box jump overs, you could, you kind of got to, to a degree, you got to be comfortable where your level of fitness is on that, especially on that workout. That's a, if you got, if you got it and you know, you got it, you got to go and it's push, 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 push. And you hang on for dear life till you finish. If you're like, Hey, I'm a little older, I'm a little wiser. And I know I probably am not, you know, I'm not going sub 10 on this thing. Let's, I want to finish. Right. Right. And I want to finish. So that means I'm going to have to make some concessions in a couple places and I'm going to have to dial back that burpee pace just a smidge, keep my heart rate under control. So I don't just come to a screaming brick wall where I can't do anything. Right. I will say the games athletes that were doing this under 10, it's super impressive. Oh, like nine 30. That's unreal. Yeah. And if you watch any of those, like, I mean, the pace they maintain on those burpees is just, it hurts so to fast. watch. Yeah. It's so fast. They're all pretty much the same on the dumbbell that, I mean, at that level, the dumbbell for them, it's, it's a, it's an inconvenience, right? They're all basically unbroken on it. They're it's quick. It's fast. It's efficient. They, they barely look like they're even doing anything. Right. But the difference in that level is the burpees. And like, it's not a necessarily even a step back. It's a, it's down up. It's fast. Right. It's quick. It's jumping down, jumping up. Yeah. They're quick they're, hop on the box. It's a drop and pop. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're so fast. If you want to, if you want a textbook lesson, how to do burpees, go on the games website or, you know, YouTube or however you search for your videos and look up a couple of those and watch those kids. Like they go after it and it's, it's fun. Yeah. Truly impressive. Especially some of the bigger athletes. I was surprised I did really well on this. Yeah. So for me on this workout repeat, I'm here 20, I remember 2017. I want to say I did it twice. Maybe I think I, I want to say I did it once and then I started over or I started the first time once and didn't finish it or just I stopped five minutes in. I don't remember what happened exactly, but I remember doing it and I was same as Kent. The dumbbell snatch was a newer, not newer movement, but a newer movement. We had done plenty of them, but we were always kind of switching your hands on the ground. Right. So we've never done that volume either. Yeah. The volume on dumbbell snatch was always lower. We always went heavier. Actually, back in the day, it was always a 70 pound dumbbell snatch. We, you know, we used to not even do the fifties. Right. Could you imagine doing that with the 70? Oh my God. It'd be terrible. So for <laughs> reference, 2017, we did this workout and, or there was a hint like a week before the open came out that, Hey, this year is going to be the year of the dumbbell basically. And you're going to need 50 pound dumbbells and 35 pound dumbbells. You couldn't find a dumbbell in right. this country. Cue the run <laughs> on dumbbells. Bunch of CrossFitters run to the stores to get dumbbells nationwide. There was none. Yeah. You know, all the suppliers didn't have them. All your local sports stores didn't have them. It was like, you're literally, you're literally like calling Academy Sports and Dick Sporting Goods like every other day. Like, hey, when are you getting your shipment in? Like crackheads looking for dumbbells. And then rolling it, rolling in there with a buggy and literally buying them all. Right. Good thing you got them before the pandemic because, again, you yeah. know, people we're, making a huge run on dumbbells. Yeah, we were three years ahead of the pandemic. Absolutely. Getting under control. And, uh, but yeah, so that was interesting. But then, you know, we were big. It was always set the dumbbell down, readjust your grip, come back up. Not doing that, going with the switching overhead, the touch and go sort of rep made a big difference on time. And then, you know, like I said, being a little more comfortable with that burpee box jump over pace. I know for me personally, I can only go so fast on the burpee box jump overs before I get really dizzy. It's too much spinning, too much dropping around, all that stuff. I get super dizzy and then it's like vertigo sets in and I can't really do anything. So yeah. I got to take my, I got to go at least a pace where I can 
get my keep my life in order. Do you alternate the rotation, or do you just keep do you keep doing circles? I keep doing circles. So really? I've tried. I've you know I've tried multiple times, like different things, like right. turning around and going. It doesn't change. Yeah. I have to alternate. So like I'll go to my right, then I'll go to my left. Yeah. For me, it it honestly it doesn't. I still get just as dizzy going Either opposite way. ways. It just it's. I don't know. I think it's because I'm staying low and it's the head and it's the ground. So you never really stand all the way up and breathe. You kind of just, it's just go. Yeah. Another reason why it jacks your heart rate up. Like yeah. you're always down. You're literally head is down the entire time. Yeah. It's like, hey, this will be over, over in a few minutes. Just get through it. It's right. kind of work hard now, deal with it later. It's a little bit. Being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I know which even. Is, it's just easier said than done. Yeah. A lot of times. I've, I remember this year I was doing it and, you know, you know, it's always like in the back of my mind. It's like, I'm going to get dizzy doing these. This isn't going to feel good. I'm not going to love this kind of thing. And I was like, I was, you know, almost done with the first set. I'm like, oh, there's like four more sets of these? Huh. Right. That ain't that bad. Yeah. And then on the second set, I was like, I'm going to do this three more times. And really in my mind, I'm thinking three more sets is really only two more sets. Because that last set's just blackout and go. Right. You don't even, the last set just go. You don't even think about it. And then, so it's like, all right, I just got to get through this two more times before, you know, and we're done. That ain't, that ain't bad. Yeah. I think truly the, the set of 40 and 15 just mentally is the, the, the hurdle to kind of get over. Cause once you're on 50, it's like, all right, you just got to go. Yeah. Let's get it yeah. done. It's like the workout doesn't start till 50. Right. And then like, all right, the clock's running now. Let's, yeah. let's see what we can do. Um, overall worldwide, 21.2. I don't think it was. I know there was some concern about, hey, we've been small person workout, small person workout. And to a degree, yes, I think it is. But at the same time, you you know, you got to be big enough, strong enough to move that dumbbell. Yeah. Well, didn't Morning Chalk Up debunk that? Didn't they do a whole like data thing on it? Yeah, they did. So there was, you know, looking at different data points, it was basically across the board. It's, it's can you move your own body? It's not move somebody else's body. Right. It's not move your body upside down. It's just basically a burpee, right? And then you're jumping. If you're taller, in theory, it's a little bit shorter of a jump. For sure. Right? Then then they're shorter athletes. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. So 21.2, repeat 17.1. I think the the overall top times, I think were, if I remember, they were kind of right in the same. Yeah. I think more people were faster. Yeah, there was a larger group of people that were like sub 10 this time versus last time. Yeah, and there's sub yeah. nines, I think. P- people much more comfortable this time around. Yeah. With the dumbbell, with the movement, the transitions. Right. I think the degree, I think more people got faster. You know, the, the nth degree at the top got faster, faster. Right. But for the, the that wasn't as much as just more people got faster. So mm-hmm. if there was 10 people that finished sub 10 minutes in 2017, there were a thousand this time. Right. Type thing. More people got better at CrossFit. More people got more fitter. That's what, yeah, that's what we're here to do. Um, you know, and then we look into, I guess that was this week. You just did it a couple hours ago. Yeah. Uh, 21.3. 21.3. What a hoot. And 21.4. So they <laughs> snuck us in two workouts for the price of one. Which we knew something something was going to happen. Yeah. Like that. If you were if you're experienced with this and you've done this, we probably could have told you that that was coming. I think I talked to somebody earlier in the week and they're like, what's coming for the open this week? And I was like, listen, it's going to be squatting and pulling, right? You know, there's going to be some sort of barbell squat or dumbbell squat or air squat. And you're going to do some pull-ups or toes to bar. Yeah. going like, to be on a bar. It's going to, it's going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. Right. They don't roll that rig out every week for the announcement and not put anybody on it. Just for the looks of it. <laughs> Such know, a pretty rig. It looks pretty. It's just a, you know, would be <laughs> much piece of metal, be much harder just to hang a banner that said rogue. <laughs> Let's put a rig up. So looking at the workout, it was, you know, I think the, in kink talk about this, the squats and the thrusters, while not super heavy, were a little sneaky. 
extremely. Um, I can pull out my laundry list of excuses here for my performance, but I won't bore you with the details. But for sure. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Please bore us with the details. I'm pretty sure this is a boring podcast. <laughs> but I will say, I think... So the front squats honestly weren't that bad. Um, I've definitely had some issues this month on my strength, so it wasn't a high point for me. But I will say, and even myself, I think underestimating the uh, effect of the thrusters on one, the fatigue, but because it is a longer movement, you know, it's a squat and then overhead. And just, I remember going into the thrusters after whatever I had completed on the pull-up bar, like the first grab of the bar, it's like, wow, I feel my grip. It's pretty blown up right now, which I think added to the difficulty of the thrusters and then just, you know, jacking up your heart rate because you're thinking, oh, well, I'll get through it. I got a minute rest after that, but that minute's going to go by super fast and your heart rate's probably not going to come down hardly anything at all. So I think, you know, just underestimating that was a huge part of that because I was going in thinking, well, I got what, three sets of front squats and two sets of thrusters. Piece yeah, of cake. Right. I can get through that. And <laughs> after the, I think toes, not, not the toes to bar. So the toes to bar were fine. I think after the uh, chest to bar pull-ups, like once your grip is just kind of blown up at that point, your heart rate's up, and then you throw in the thruster to the mix, I think that's when it got like just real. You know, like I checked my watch. I think I was at like 182 Ooh. on the heart rate. Like it was up. 182. You know, not sure some of the, the brisket and beer I had yesterday had anything to do with that, but it, it might. It might have helped you. So, yeah. So, and you Kent got the barbell. The barbell for me wasn't, I mean, it was, it kept the heart rate going. That first set of, the first set was fine. The front squats were fine. The thrusters were fine. Not a huge deal. The second set of front squats, not that big of a deal because you're coming off the minute break and it's not right. terribly heavy. That second set of thrusters was Oh man, that one, that one. It was tough. It was that spicy. one hurt a little bit. Yeah. And then coming with a quick minute break and coming back on the front squats again was, it was interesting. And then knowing you had to finish those to get to, you know, your next round of barbell or bar movement with was the bar muscle ups was, it was like, all right, you got to get some time, have right. some time here left to do these and got tough. I made the mistake personally. I came out and I did about 85% of the toes to bar in one set. That a boy. And I like it. You know, it was aggressive. It was aggressive strategy. And, uh, I like it. Immediately, heart rate through the roof, blew up. You know, it was it was bad. And so I spent the rest of the, you know, what was it a four, fifteen minute workout? Yes. Yeah. So I spent the next fourteen minutes For trying us mortals trying to get my life back together, <laughs> get my heart rate back down, which which did not happen. I think when I finished. My third set of front squats going to the bar muscle ups, I basically did nothing for an entire minute and a half. Right. Because I knew I couldn't get up on a pull up bar and do a bar muscle up at that point. It was like, well, we're just going to walk around in circles here and think about how we screwed this up. Yeah. I mean, you're truly, in essence, you're doing 30 squats back to back, like, or in a row. Right. You know, with a 15 to 15, the way it's sandwiched. With a minute break. Yeah. Which, if you watch anybody work out in a normal day, <laughs> that's about how much rest you're taking. They're gonna they're gonna take that break anyway. Yeah, it, it'd take you that same ninety seconds to do the thirty squats exactly, or two minutes to do the thirty squats anyway. Right. You know, just because you get the minute break doesn't really. It's yeah. And then the chest to bar, you know, their chest to bar pull ups they suck. They're you know they don't they shouldn't be that much harder than a regular pull up, but they you know they're not any fun. They are. You know, and then we rolled into twenty one point four, and everybody got their wish. They got hey, I get to lift heavy, and everybody likes to lift heavy. Um, the joke was, hey, you, but you got to do all this other stuff first. But you're smoked. Yeah. And so you're good smoked. luck. Um, 
it was an interesting complex. I that's when the grip really. I felt the grip really was on the complex. I didn't feel it too much on the barbell, but on the complex, mm-hmm. felt that. Felt the um, lower back, the shoulders a little bit. Everything was a little, a little fried by that point. Right, the shoulder to overhead was uh, way more challenging than I expected going yeah. into that portion. A lot of shaky lockouts. A lot of shaky lockout. A lot of shaky legs. Hook grip was fine. I truly didn't feel like my grip was an issue. Granted, my weight wasn't very heavy because I was fatigued, but I did think that I would be able to put up more weight overhead. Um, that was definitely the weak point for me, and I'm pretty sure most everyone else. Yeah. Um, just shoulders were s- smoked at that point. Yeah. It got tough to it got tough to recruit everything and push it overhead. Right. Right. I did see a was doing some research. One of the top male barbell weight lifted overhead at the moment is 365 pounds. Granted, scores aren't final yet. I mean, he could have sat there and did nothing. For the first for the, 15, 15 minutes, and then possible because he wanted to be a top time in the world and see his name <laughs> on the leaderboard. That's that's entirely possible. All right, um, at 365 pounds, though, that's that's a lot of weight. That's moving a lot of weight it's for four, four reps. All right, uh, Christine Middleton, 235 pounds for the females. That's, that's impressive. Moving some weight, kids. That's impressive. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the CrossFit Open this year. Um, I think now it moves into what's it moving to now? Quarterfinals, top ten percent, top ten percent, correct? Quarterfinals, and then I think there's another. Yeah, then it goes like a regional, sanctional. Yeah, it's like a sanctional thing, but then there's another piece, like I think a week or two before the games, because I remember. Yeah, they got a last chance qualifier. That's it, last chance qualifier. Yeah. Um, I think. Is that what they used to do on the Biggest Loser? Like the last chance, probably. Something you, to get out of being voted off the island, or was that Survivor? Or? That, that's Survivor. Yeah, Survivor was Survivor. the island. Survivor. What yeah. was Biggest Loser? They did. It was body weight. They that did, was body they, weight. Yeah, they did, so they had to lose weight. Yeah, that was like a percentage of body weight. Where's our last chance qualifier? I feel like that was on one of those shows. Probably Survivor. I think I watched like four episodes of Survivor ever, so it probably wasn't Survivor. I could ask my dad. He's literally watched every season. <laughs> I didn't even know the show was still going on, but know. he's watched every season. I didn't know. It's it kind of impressive, actually. Yeah. The, the, I like also how they call it seasons. Like, it's been on for 23 seasons. It's like, there's like two seasons a year. Right. Type deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the open. It moves into, we're, again, don't fact check us here. This is all new this year, the way they're rolling out the the next steps. The first step, the open st- is the same as it's kind of been, but the going into quarterfinals, we believe is the top 10% in each continent. male and female or in each division, male, continent. female in the continent. Okay. Male, female in the continent. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe for masters, I'm not sure about the masters. That'll be, you? I'm pretty sure that'll be an online qualifier again, mm-hmm. which so I was, think, which, yeah, the qualifiers yeah. are as well. Yes. So quarterfinals are as well. all that will be online. And, and then, then we go to an in-place regional format where they do, they're taking the top, We'll just make a number called top 40. Call top 40 in each continent, which they're doing regions and or whatever. We'll call it top 40. And then from there, the winners of regionals go to the CrossFit games. They take top five out of each continent, maybe. And then they somehow that gives us 40, 40 men, 40 women at the games. Sounds good to me. These numbers don't add up. I mean, up honestly, how like many continents are there? Four? Seven. Seven? I don't know. Don't don't fact check us. <laughs> My brain doesn't work when I'm tired. Question, does anybody get to qualify seven, for Antarctica? Seven continents? No. Yes. Yes. Yes? If you're lifting there, absolutely. Why not? I mean... Bold move by you. <laughs> so you deserve it. 
It's an online qualifier, so yeah. yeah. Antarctica guy got got in. And this is all CrossFit's fault because they keep changing this stuff every year. Otherwise, we would know exactly what's going yeah. on. This was three years ago, guys. I had this down to it. Right. Pat, but they've changed it. This is it. all new. They've literally changed it every year since. So it's we're just kind of And I doubt the rule book's even out yet. Yeah, they're 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 good on that. It's like we're gonna publish the rules after the competition. <laughs> that way we can kick out who we didn't like. Um Cool. So looks like this year, overall CrossFit Open, if you guys did it, congratulations. Um, we're proud of you. It's a big step. It's fun to do. It's cool to see where you stack up and see where you land. Um, after tomorrow, when scores go live for the final week, you'll be able to kind of check where you're at. If you've been looking throughout the weeks, you'll kind of see where things you know shuffle. So if you post your score early on Friday, you're going to be probably a lot higher up the leaderboard than you are on Tuesday because once scores yes. get validated and everybody gets in, it... it, it Tends to shuffle around a lot. All the top people leaderboarding. Yeah, everybody's leaderboarding. Episode 001, we talk about leaderboarding. Yep. Um, but going through, looks like 263,000 people signed up for the Open this year. So right at a quarter million people worldwide. Um, so, you know, count yourself part of that if you did. One thing I always find it interesting to look at, and this number gets published somewhere at some point, and you'll see it if you look, or we'll talk about it. Who knows? is out of the 263,000 people that signed up, how many people registered a score for all three workouts or all four workouts? So who stuck it out to the end? Interesting. Because there's a solid number of people that sign up and never put a score in. Right. Sign up and put the first week score in and they don't make it through the whole thing. So if you made it through the whole thing, you did it all, you put your score in, you got it in on time, all that good stuff. Congratulations. It's hard to keep up with that for three weeks. It really is. It was really hard for five weeks. For three weeks, it's tough to keep up yeah. with as well i would really like to see the number on that yeah how many people like saw it through to the end for yeah. all three it's it's interesting because it's like it, you know you're at a quarter million it's like and first week we lost fifty thousand. right second week we lost fifty thousand. well i do remember i think i don't think it was 2017 maybe 2018 i forgot to submit one of my workouts mm. and i didn't get it in mm. one of those <laughs> and then at that point you're like damn it yeah like i'm, I'm out one so yeah, why even submit the rest? Yeah, why even submit the rest? Which isn't the right mentality to have, but it is a mentality that you kind of. And I will tell. And I will tell you guys. You know, the mentality is when the open's going on, you're like, oh, I'm just going to do the workouts. I'll know my score. It's no big deal. Three years later, when they repeat that workout, you will not know your score. No, you not won't. unless and you have signed up. If you've submitted. signed up and you've recorded your score, you'll know then because it's easy to look it up online. I have to look up mine all the time. I can never. I can't tell you what I got on anything. I wonder like, how far it goes back. So I, I do remember I was able to look up the numbers from 2017. So 2011, I don't think it, it pulls up quite right, but you could pull all the way up to 2012. Okay. That's pretty good then. Yeah. So that's, that's a good backlog of uh, data. Yeah. And back in 2012, when there was like, we were just looking at it and there was like 100,000 people that signed up for the Open. Man, I looked like I was a lot fitter. Right. <laughs> Super fit. Super fit. <laughs> like, hey, look at that. I'm, I'm the top 5,000 in the world, 10,000 in the world. Check me out. <laughs> Solid. Not anymore. I remember, hey, I, mean, I remember being like top like top like thousand in the state. I was like, all right, cool. This is great. Not anymore. But Big, but then you were. But, but then, then I then you were. But when I tell my kids these stories, they won't know. They won't know. And it won't matter. I'm not gonna tell them that you know only four people signed up and I was third. <laughs> and I mean, who knows how good those people would have performed in organized fitness because they weren't doing it. So you never know. Maybe you truly were. They didn't show up to the plate. They didn't. Exactly. They didn't play the game. Um. Yeah. So that is you know that this is gonna be our wrap on the 2021 Open. Kent, how do you? Well, we're almost almost there. Check that. How do you feel 
top to bottom, these workouts were a representation for overall fitness. It's great. It's a I great kind of great Dave Castro on a, on a, on a, what do we call that? A, a to Z, A to F. A to F? A to F. I mean, you can dissect this thing so many different ways. I think the first two workouts, they definitely tried to make them more inclusive. I think that was a big thing of the games this year. They want to be more inclusive. They wanted to have foundation-type workouts where it was just body weight, which I think 21.3 maybe? I don't know. One of the foundation workouts was like kind of ridiculous. It was like handstands, shoulder taps, and like pistols. Like, really? That's your foundation workout? Like, who's doing that? <laughs> Like, yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Pistols are terrible. Yeah, that's awful. But I think, you know, by making them more inclusive, I think they tended to be more of a, like, like the 21.1. It was more specialized for the smaller person. And I think that kind of got away from, like, a maybe let's say, like, a true test. Like, how do, how do you separate the elite people? And the elite people will always separate themselves from the pack. Obviously, 21.3, 21.4 did that. Uh, even 21.2, but I think 21.1, you could have had a Joe Schmo probably just rock up the leaderboard on that one, you know, if, like a gymnast or someone like that. What's wrong with Joe Schmo? Nice guy. <clears throat> well, it, well, down and, the street from and, me. And nothing, but I just don't think it's indicative of what you're going to see in like the qualifiers and regionals at the CrossFit Games. It's, I would have liked to have seen more barbell, but that's just me. Um I just I don't like twenty one point two. That's just me personally. <laughs> <laughs> if there was any workout that I didn't want to see show up, that was it, and it did show up. Um, but you know, I finished it. I got that off my back, so I was happy about that. You know, I kind of conquered that fear of it, um, even though I did pay the price for a few days. But I don't, I don't think this was the best open that he's programmed. I think there were better ones. But that's just me personally. I mean, I would like to hear other people's point of view on what they thought, um, but that's just me. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm not totally um, going to disagree with Kent. The, I think what he said is, is probably pretty real where they tried to, they wanted to be more inclusive the first couple of workouts. They want more participation. They want to be able, everybody can do it. They, I think they probably, from an organizational standpoint this year and in trying to include everyone, probably included too many divisions. Um, if you haven't looked or haven't seen, there was like 300 divisions about every adaptation and yes, and everything. He's, he's not exaggerating. There's like, it's like a 30, if you, if you hit the wrong, PDF. but if you hit the wrong button each week, printing scorecards, you ran your printer out of ink. <coughs> Done. Yeah. <coughs> so, <laughs> that I couldn't hear you. So the, <laughs> so looking at that, you know, and by doing that, what ultimately is going to end up happening by including everyone. And you also bear in mind, you had, we're in a pandemic, you got COVID people were working out their house working out with limited equipment, you know, even in gyms and stuff, it might be, it's different right now. So you, you kind of square, put yourself in a, you know, right. Peg yourself into a square hole where you kind of, this is all we can do. And typically when that happens, you start to lean more towards body weight movements, mm-hmm. which is what you saw the first couple of weeks you tend in and, and body weight movements are going to lend themselves to lighter, faster people. Correct. That's, that's kind of what's going to happen there. Now, like I said, the, the cream's going to rise. The fit people are going to rise. They're going to blow past whatever. You know, you will have the, the occasional exception, but they're the exception, not the rule. You know, 
these workouts are hard. The time caps are aggressive, uh, and going through that. One thing I, you know, kind of looking at it, I didn't think, I thought it could be harder, I guess in a way. Um, yeah, there wasn't as much pain this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, 21.2. 21.2 had some, <laughs> definitely had some gut check moments, but yeah. normally in a, I, I feel like, you know, it's just the volume. I think 21.2, it's not like an overly tough workout. It's just the volume yeah. of it. And my experience with open, take it, take it for what you will. I've done every one of them, but there was only really one, one real gut check workout. Yeah. And that was the second one where that was like, Hey, I, I don't want to do this. This is going to hurt. This is right. This is dig down and deep do, you know, and go through it. The first one was kind of, you either, everybody we, that kind of did that workout, talked through that workout, judged it and everything. Basically it was conversational pace. Right. Your heart rate was never like super high. You know, it was, it was just muscle failure. So it wasn't like, you know, overly like crazy. The last workout. Yeah. There was a, a few moments in it where heart rate was really high and it was tough, but just about everybody gets at a decent point to that spot where they can't go any farther. Right. Or they, you know, scaled or RX, you hit pull-ups, you hit chest to bar, you hit bar muscle-ups where they A, can't go any farther and they have four minutes left, right? Or they can continue to do those reps, but they can't re- quite do them good enough to really, you know, keep pushing the pace. Pace comes right. to a screeching halt. It's one rep every 30 seconds. Yeah, you're doing singles, doubles. Yeah, singles. And then that point, so that point you're kind of, it kind of, it's kind of an anticlimactic finish. Right. Right. And I would say, you know, programming wise, the majority of the world doing this workout hits that anticlimactic finish. Yeah, your top, your top 5%, whatever, are, you know, 10% are cruising, trying to finish that workout. But most people are just trying to chip away at what they can. Right. And when you're at that limit of your ability, you're, the chip away is not that great. So in that respect, I would have liked to have seen a couple more workouts where you had to, you know, kind of gut it out or AMRAPs, if you will, where it kind of just kept going. Right. Um, time domain wise, you know, the first two were kind of short, really, realistically. There was nothing where you really had to, I mean, the last one, if you went all the way, they're all 15 minutes or less, right? Yeah. Well, the 21.2 is 20 minute time cap. 20 minute time. Okay. So that, yeah. yeah and that was the, that was the tough one. Right. right. And then the exactly. other was. Yeah, exactly. That was what 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then twenty one point four, really, really twenty one point three B, right, was seven minutes. Right, and it's just a barbell, so it's you know yeah. four lifts and you're done. Yeah, if that. Uh, but yeah, so that's that would have been my my thought. So I, I think overall, top to bottom, he's they've probably done a better job, but you know, targeting their goal of including more people and and for CrossFit they have an extra layer this year of uh, qualification with that quarterfinals, so they don't really have to. They just got to get the top ten percent, which they're right. going to get the top ten percent. So, and are they still doing sanctionals? Like, I think so. In person, like, what is it? Uh, what's the one down in Miami? It's pretty popular. Uh, Wadapalooza. Wadapalooza. I don't believe Wadapalooza is a sanctional. Okay. I don't hold me to it, but I think they're somewhere doing something interesting. Um, but the so they have more opportunity to whittle down the whittle down the names this year, and you know, and they're trying to get, they're trying to get to the top ten, you know, top forty in the open worldwide. It's different because then when 41, 42, that number still, they're all still pretty tight when you're mm-hmm. at 10% and your numbers, you know, 26,000. Right. You know, the 26,000 and one person, you know, their argument is, you know, okay. Right. Cool, dude. Yeah. You know, also, it'd be, it's going to be fun to see that do they take the top 10% off the total number signed up or the total number that turned in scores? Or the RX division, or how? Do, where are they getting their top 10% from? Well, that's true. I mean, none of this has been like laid out in full detail, so who knows what's truly going to happen when they start picking these people out of the hat or whatever. 
I mean, when they were doing the sanctionals, it would be kind of a pecking order. So if you qualified, you know, top three in your sanctional and you were qualified for the open, well, then they would take you out of the open and then they would go down the list further. So then they were bringing more people into the fold. So are they doing that again this year? But to be, to be fair, that was a nightmare. I mean, it was a truly nightmare. <laughs> so that's what I'm asking. Are they, are they doing that again? God, I remember that's when I stopped keeping up with like what was going on in CrossFit. When it was well, yeah, like, I was like, so and so you're, qualified at third. And so they were the seventh person in the open. Now that goes to eighth. And that person. The 12th person. And we're watching the Rogue Invitational. And the top, and whoever wins the Rogue Invitational gets a seat at the CrossFit Games. But then they all get to Columbus, Ohio to go do the Rogue Invitational. And finishers one through 12 have already qualified for the game. Right. So the real, the real competition was for the 13th place at the competition. You're like, yeah, it's like all weekend long. They're talking about this 13th place person. You're like, well, this is, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah. Like that person is, you know, ecstatic because they're wanting all these people to get bumped up. That way they get an entry into the games. Yeah. They're like, great. I, I finished 13th and I won. Like what? Yeah. What? This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't truly make sense. I don't think, I mean, I'm sure on paper it looked pretty good, but the way it played out, didn't seem to work out so well. I mean, the result was the same. So I mean, yeah. I mean, Matt Frazier and Tia won. Big whoop, you know. Yeah. Big surprise. It's true. You know, but this year will there will be a new men's winner. So that is interesting. Um, I'm pretty Matt, sure Matt's soft and he quit. He quit. He did. He, well, he retired. He didn't quit. He retired. He quit. He retired. He's a quitter. You know. He would still win. He could still come out of retirement and just blow everybody away. So I don't know that he could. I think he lost his edge. <laughs> See now you now you sound like Dave Castro. Ah, uh, Dave's lost his edge too. But we know Tia's gonna win for the females. She's just she's too good now at this point. I don't know who I don't know who's gonna uh challenge her, but I believe we'll probably have a podcast over uh For sure. Over the, the CrossFit Games athletes once we get a, a field that's kind of whittled down. Whittled down worth talking about. We'll talk about contenders and pretenders and just the top ten, because after that you have no idea who we're talking about. Probably, you probably don't have any idea who we're talking about. As is, that's probably true. That's they probably true. they know who Matt Frazier is, do they? And you should know who Tia Toomey is. Yeah, if you don't know who they are, look them up. Um, yeah, so CrossFit Open 21, 2021. That's our recap. Uh, way too soon. It is a wrap. It's people. a wrap. Done. Gone. So, see you guys on the next episode. Zero zero three. Out. Deuces.